Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. We can just all go home. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. It's been so beautiful. Such a beautiful piece. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, please. Oh, Father, we thank you for the wonderful gifts that you've given to us through which to worship you. We thank you for this beautiful piece of music, for the gift that you gave the composer to write such beautiful music. To those to whom you gave the gift to create the instrument, and to such like Miss Ginger to play the beautiful sounds together, such beautiful harmony. In praise of you, O Lord. Now as we study your holy word, Help us, O Father, by your Spirit to study, to hear, to learn your beautiful truths to the glory and to the honor of your beautiful Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In whose name we pray, giving thanks. Amen. 
I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to the 11th chapter in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 11. As we continue our, our study. And we began this chapter last week. We're going to be looking at the last portion here, verses 25 through 30. And the, the title comes from, from the scripture itself. Come unto me and I will give you, give you rest. We're going to go ahead and read verses 25 through 30 in chapter 11 in the book of Matthew. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of the heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent, and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I tell you, this passage here, we could probably preach on for several, several weeks. So we don't want to rush through it because there's such tremendous information in this little portion of Scripture. First of all, Jesus begins by praising the Father. He thanks the Father. He praises the Father. He glorifies the Father. He worships God the Father as Lord of heaven and earth, for so he is. So he is. God is king of the universe. He is the Lord, and beside him there is no other. There is but one God. And so Jesus worships the Father. And then he acknowledges that God the Father is implementing his will. His will. And then thirdly there, he acknowledges that God the Father reveals his will as he desires to do so. As he desires to do so. Now, he makes several statements. Notice that he says, you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent. So God both reveals and conceals. Have you ever, when you were raising your kids, told your kids this little phrase, because I said so? <laughs> you know that the kids want everything explained, right? You tell them to do something, they, they say, why? <laughs> why? 
because I said so. <laughs> there are some things that God reveals. There are other things that God conceals. And he has all the right to do so. Because he is God. He doesn't ask us for our permission. And you know, that's really hard for some people. Hard for some people to accept that God can actually hide some things and keep them to himself. And here, Jesus is very specific. He says, I thank you, Father, that you've hidden these things from the wise and prudent. Now, what Jesus is referring to, or the, the group, really, that he's referring to here, which may be surprising to you, are the religious leaders of his day. Because they were full of themselves. They had blinded themselves by the, the lavish praise and the glory that they gave to themselves and to those within their own group. That they became blind, so blind that they didn't recognize the Son of God when he came. They were so religious, so knowledgeable, so wise as it were, that they were filled with their own wisdom and not the true wisdom comes from God. And then Jesus goes on to say, and you've revealed it to babes. And the babes he's using to represent the common person. The humble, lowly person. The person who is willing, willing look up to God. Jesus teaches that the arrogant have a very, very difficult time recognizing God. And God reveals his will as he desires to do so. Then he teaches us a lesson about spiritual vision. It's a gift. We use the term revelation or the revealing, if you will. Several different passages of, of Scripture. We don't have time to, to turn and, and look at all of these, but in 1 Corinthians we read that, that the things of God, the true wisdom of God, are spiritually discerned. That is, God the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, is the one who reveals these truths. Now, God sends his message to the entire human race. But in order to receive that message, that is, to accept it, one must be willing to hear it and to recognize or to see it and acknowledge it for what it is. God's holy word. And we shared in Sunday school this morning that 
one of the tragedies that occurred in the history of the, the Jewish nation as well as our own Christian church is a refusal of God's people to abide by God's word without watering it down, without compromising. Because you see, my opinion is not important. Oh, maybe it's important to me. <laughs> but what is important is God's word. The way that it was written. The meaning. The content. God's word and God's will. And God the Holy Spirit is the one who enables an individual to read it and understand. But to to have God the Holy Spirit in one's life, one must come to know the Lord Jesus as their Savior. Without the Savior, you cannot have God the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have God the Holy Spirit, nor the Savior, the Lord Jesus, you don't have the Father either. Now Jesus makes a statement here. No one knows the Father except the Son. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And what is he saying here? You see, yes, Jesus is the Son of God, but he is the unique Son of God. And he knows the Father absolutely. And the Father knows the Son absolutely. You see, we're limited because we are finite beings. And it is impossible for us to know God in his totality. The Bible teaches that God is beyond finding out. Beyond finding out. When you consider all that God has created, and Jesus said he's the Lord of heaven and of earth. And I think I've shared with you before that scientists admit we only know about... 2%, we only understand about 2% okay, of the created order. About 2% of everything that is in existence. Yet God spoke it into existence. He spoke the word and it came into being. Out of nothing. You see, we, we don't create. We only transform. We don't create. God creates out of nothing and speaks it into existence. God is so far beyond anything that we can imagine in his glory, in his beauty, in his splendor and majesty. And that is why we call him and acknowledge that he is king, the Lord God, king of the universe. And beside him, there is no other, no other discernment. Now, God the Holy Spirit is the one who illuminates the human heart and mind, enabling spiritual vision. But everything that can be known of the Father 
is discovered in the Son. That is, is revealed in God the Son. I do want you to turn to Colossians, to the book of Colossians. It's right after Philippians, all right? Which is right after Ephesians, which is right after Galatians. <laughs> it's a good way to memorize that is get G E P. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and then Colossians. Notice. Beginning in chapter 1 in Colossians in verse 9. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. We're supposed to increase, we're to grow, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He, that is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Glory to the Lord Jesus. Everything that can be known of the Father is revealed or manifested in the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll recall that Jesus said, speaking of himself, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man can come unto the Father except through him. There is no other Savior. Jesus is the divine Son of God. God the Holy Spirit is the one who gives revelation, insight, discernment, understanding. He's the one who enables us to see the big picture. The big picture. As well as the little intricacies that are a part of that big picture. God's will. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, one more passage. Second Peter. Second Peter, and we looked at this on Wednesday, but we need to look at it again today. Second Peter. You know, that happened to us on Wednesday as well. <laughs> we, we returned it to Second Peter, <laughs> and somebody's going <told> on. <laughs> 
All right, Second Peter chapter 1. Beginning at verse 16. Now this is the Apostle Peter writing, speaking under the inspiration of God the Holy Spirit. He says, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. There is but one interpretation that is the correct one, and that is God's interpretation. You hear people arguing all the time. They'll say, well, that's the way you interpret it. That's your interpretation, etc., etc." Wrong. Only one correct interpretation, God's interpretation. And to know God's interpretation, we must know him. And the only way to know him is to accept his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And notice that the son says, you'll not know the father unless I reveal him to you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity work in unison as well as in harmony to reveal God's nature, to reveal God's will, to reveal God's desire for our lives. And what is God's desire? What is his will for us? People say, well, how do you know God's will? God's will is that, is that you accept his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that you accept him, that you believe in him, and that you love him and serve him and live for him and allow him to live his life through you, through us. That's God's will for us. God the Holy Spirit is the one who makes it possible as he woos, he courts us, he convicts us, and he draws us to the Son. But if, if a person chooses to reject, guess what? If you continue rejecting and rejecting and rejecting, the day will come when you will die and you will spend eternity in hell. You see, God has no grandchildren. You see, I was born into this particular family, and my father was a believer, my mother was a believer. So I know I'm okay, even though I, I really don't have anything to do with the church. You know, we have an understanding, right? No, it doesn't work that way. You must come to Jesus and accept him as your Savior. Well, our third point here. Are you tired? <laughs> 
I was considering this book. <laughs> Are you tired? Everybody's tired. Notice, decisions, deadlines, duties, expectations, emergencies, extras, chores, 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 and more chores. We call it life. Right? And notice, notice what Jesus says. He says, come unto me all. All you who are heavy laden. Amen? We know a little bit about that, don't we? But what about the burden of sin in the life? Life is filled with so many decisions and so many things that have to be accomplished and done. So many deadlines, so many bills that have to be paid. And yet there's the burden of sin and the guilt that comes with that. How about, how about the burden of sin in the lives of people close to you? Those that you care about. That too is a burden. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. He doesn't say that he'll release us from responsibility. No, he doesn't say that. And he talks about the yoke. Now the yoke was uh, uh, fashioned out of wood and it, it would basically be placed over an ox, actually a pair of oxen, and would, they would be yoked together as they would pull the plow and they would work together. Jesus says that, that we're yoked together with him, you see. He says that he will take our burdens that he will come into the life and enable us by his power and by his strength to see us through the difficulties and the challenges of life. People will often ask Christians, how is it that you can remain so joyful or so at peace when you have all of these different things going on? And the response is, because I have Jesus. And Jesus has me. Amen. You've seen that uh, and have heard that uh, story about, you know, footprints in the sand, right? And the guy says, now, Lord, you know, I noticed that, uh, that during, during the most difficult times of my life, there's only one set of footprints. I thought you were always going to be with me. And the Lord said, it's during those times, my son, that I carried you. Amen? Yes. Come unto me. Now notice he says, learn from me, for I'm, I'm gentle and lowlier, or humble of heart. Because the, the religious leaders of the day were full of themselves, and they were arrogant, and they were harsh, and they had laid burdens upon the people that the people were not able to bear. They placed a yoke upon them, and the yoke was also used to describe the law in that time. But they had added a whole bunch of stuff, if you will, making it almost impossible for the common person to measure up. And that's what Jesus was saying. Well, we go to our last page here before we come to an end. What do we learn? What do we learn? 
We're all tired. <laughs> Burden, struggle, heavy laden. Life. Life. God understands life. He's the creator of life. But you know all of these other burdens? Those really aren't things that, that God really desires for us. So much of these burdens, so many of these burdens, I should say, we bring on ourselves. But God is aware of our challenges, and he promises to comfort and to guide us. His word reveals his mercy and compassion. Our God is a compassionate God, a loving God. He bears our burdens together with us. And true rest is found in Jesus. His word reveals his person and leads to salvation and reconciliation. You see, for the lost person, salvation. They need to come to Jesus. They need to accept him as Savior. And thereby be reconciled. But, but Christians need to also, from time to time, rededicate their lives because they've wandered away. Struggling. And they need to come back to the lover of their soul to find true peace. Peace is a blessing granted by God to his people. That peace that surpasses all understanding. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. I need thee every hour. The invitation is, is the Lord's invitation to you. As I stand down here in the front and as we sing, you come and make your decision to accept Christ as Savior, to be re reconciled or rededicated, to follow in believers' baptism, to join the church in an official way. Whatever that decision is, you come. Let's stand, please. And let's pray. Father in heaven, as we come to the point of decision, we pray that we will respond Lord, according to your will and purpose for each individual life. We thank you for your love in Jesus' name. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word, and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.